and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Um, I would be flying solo today because Mr Spooner has disappeared off the internet. But instead I have some stellar replacements, some very special guests in the form of Neil and Paul who are here to tell us about their forthcoming game coming to Kickstarter 22nd of March. See, there you go. There you um, go. Thank you. So they're going to talk about Awful Orphanage today. And first of all, though, they have to say 30-second bios. So, Neil, why don't you go first, as I've written your name down first on my running order. Okay. Um, well, I'm Neil. Most people will know me as the guy behind Leodius Games, so the man who provides a lot of people with plastic crack. Um, I've been in the hobby for, God, far too long. Far, far too long. And this is the first... Um, game I've been involved in actually helping to create, which has been a fantastic and at times quite scary process. So, yes, Leonis Games, I buy my stuff from there. <laughs> um, uh, so what what, do, what games do you play, Neil? Oh, uh, Malifaux, 40k, Infinity, Batman... I'm just running through what I've got on my painting table at the moment. A bit of Dark Age. I've got... My aim is to have a force for and to play every game I have on the store, even if it's just badly. Right. So that if I, so if anybody comes to me and sort of says, you know, I'll, I'm, I want to play such and such, I've at least got a basic working knowledge, even if I'm rubbish at the game and I can start with, well... I'm, I'm rubbish at it, but I can at least say, but when I've played with other people, you know, they, they're actually, if you, if you buy this and do this, that's actually quite good. Yeah. Okay. And how old are you, Paul? Neil? Uh, I am 39. Oh, see, you th- right, see, the whippersnapper. <laughs> and I can tell you from looking at, Paul, are you younger than Neil? Uh, by a year. Yeah, I'm 38. <sighs> can really go off people already. So, Paul, give us your bio. So, hello, I'm Paul. Um, I think I made up the title Creative Director because it sounds posh uh, (laughs) of Workhouse Games. Um, I've been playing games since I was 12, I think, maybe 13. Uh, First picked up Rogue Trader, had an awesome army of mutated squats, um, and then promptly just got them burnt to smithereens when second edition came out uh and since then i've played or had a go at absolutely everything that was uh that was popular because i have zero tolerance for impulse purchases excellent so neil must (laughs) love you then (laughs) neil does bless him (laughs) how do you think we know each other (laughs) sweet all right so we're here to talk about awful orphanage Yes. Um, what's the background on Awful Orphanage? That's that's quite an open-ended question. Well, um, I, because... I'm not going to do the talking. This is your show. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, well, there's two ways we can look at the Awful Orphanage. Um, and, and the most kind of important one is there is a woman all called Miss Prendergast, which is a fine Victorian name. And she, as a young girl, was an orphan. And she found a magical stone 
like a flagstone in the floor that started to talk to her and promise her all the worldly goods in return for children's souls. So being the kind of, you know, waif and stray that she was with little to nothing to her name, she starts obeying. And sure enough, over the years, she starts getting rich by harvesting children. Lo and behold, when she's in her 30s or 40s, she builds an orphanage because it's the easiest way to get kids in through the door in Victorian London, take money off the parish, get them bumped off, so to speak, uh, and then sell the bodies for scientific research. So she gets cash in every direction possible and she kills them by summoning a creature known as the Gaunt and Sinister Man, who is this Nosferatu-looking tall gentleman with a a top hat that uh, feeds on the souls of children. We join the game just at the point where the orphans that you get to play are um, have discovered what's going on and it's kind of now their time to fight back and uh, and take down Miss Prendergast once and for all. Alright, I like it already, I have to say. Yeah. Miss um, Pre- Prendergast sounds I think she sounds pretty good actually. You know. She's doing them a favour but you know. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty wacky. Where does it, where did the idea come from? Well, the idea came from Tim, uh, the other guy that kind of we work with. Um, he had this really strange doodle of this guy that he called the Gaunt and Sinister Man. And I think we were probably a bit drunk, to be honest, and we started kind of making up scenarios for him. Uh, we just thought, wouldn't it be great if he haunted an orphanage? Because obviously kids are quite scared of, you know, looming figures in the dark. And in Victorian London, it'd be even worse. And, oh, my God, what if he could walk through walls? What if he fed on souls? That's weird. And he became this just huge figure that we kind of talked about quite a lot. And eventually, before we knew it, we had a story where these kids were fighting against him. And... um we sat down and kind of thought, well, this, this needs to be a game. This is in and of itself a really neat little concept for a game. So I think 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, we first sat down to, to scribble out ideas for it and um, start on the path to, to where we are now, which is, it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> right, I'm, see, I'm going to deviate already from my list of right. planned questions. So, Workhouse Games is the company. Yeah. Is it your? Is it a real job, or is it something you do as well as doing a real job? At the moment, it's something we do as well as doing a real job. Uh, for all of us, apart from Tim. Tim was lucky to have early retirement a few years ago. Uh, even though he, I think he's in his 50s, or nearly in his 50s, um, so he gets to sit down and, and paint figures and come up with weird ideas all day, oh, which is cool. really nice. So uh, the hope is that we can do well enough to put ourselves, you know, out there on the map and maybe have a real job doing this. Right, but because... uh, but for you, for you at the for you at the moment, Paul, it's this is it's a labour of love, effectively. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't like it. I want to put all the money we have, <laughs> but yeah, That's all yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? Man alive, <laughs> board games are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll come to that later. See, I've, um, so I had a, I've had a look at your website, oh. and looking through the gameplay, it it looks like the game is a sort of a 
a hybrid between a dungeon crawl, which I love, and a yeah. more traditional board game. So, yes. you know, in in a few minutes, what is yep. the gameplay like? Nasty. That, that, originally, the awful orphanage was meant to be that all the orphans were working together and to defeat the evil bad guy. And then we thought, well, that's boring to some degree. What if there was this horrendous backstabbing element? Because all the orphans in Victorian, Victorian times were very much out for themselves. So therefore, could we have a mechanic that you could play tricks on people, that you could ruin your friend's turns by sacrificing a bit of your turn? So the game kind of works whereby, yes, you're dungeon crawling, you're placing tiles down to create the orphanage as you go. When you place a room down, they come with little tokens in there um, called loot. And you can use those and you draw a stuff card and you get to keep this stuff card. And on that card could be anything to help you fight. So a catapult, a bit of broken brick, a bottle. Um, or it could be a bag of marbles that you can use to send your friends careening backwards into a wall or into the orderlies. Um, or it could be one of the orphanage's weird residents, like the creepy clown kid or matron that ruins your turn instead of ruining someone else's. Or alternatively, it could be an orphan, uh, sorry, an orderly, which are the big brutish bodyguards of the of the orphanage. Or it could summon the gaunt and sinister man. And then you have to fight the gaunt and sinister man, or you have to fight the orderlies with the items that you find, hoping that you don't get sent back to the bedroom. Because if you do, you lose an item that you're holding. The whole purpose is you're looking around the orphanage looking for one of X number of magic items with which to kind of break the curse. Right. So basically when you have that item uh, in your hand, and they're they're quite obvious which ones they are, um, it's time to kind of whack on your poker face because all your friends might know that you're making a beeline to where Miss Prendergast is and therefore will try and ruin your turns as much as they can for you to get there. So it's got this nice two-stage kind of narrative to the game. It doesn't sound like a game I'm going to play with Mrs. Marshall. Oh, man. Those, <laughs> no, those sorts of things always end with me sleeping on the sofa. Yeah, that, that we've designed the orphanage to facilitate your sofa sleeping. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's stab your mates in the back time. Um, obviously you don't have to the well that was going to be it I mean is there is there a co-op mode I mean can you play it co-op um you could but it's not intrinsic to how the game is designed but there's no reason why you don't have to use um say you find um a roller skate for example which you could use to send a fellow orphan backwards or forwards a couple of spaces there's no reason why you can't use that on an orderly and send them skedaddling off right. to kind of you know move them out of the way there's there's no reason at all the only the only problem with co-op play is there can only be one real winner and uh we like the fact that it could be that you know everyone's working together and isn't this lovely but all it takes is one asshole to break out of it and and make a dash for it okay and is someone playing mrs pengrast or is that just um you know and the orderlies or is that a almost ai controlled 
it's it's pretty much AI. They're controlled by dice, and um, they move towards the nearest orphan to them. Um, the orderlies kind of have to obey the layout that you create as you're placing your tiles down. The gaunt and sinister man doesn't care about walls and uh, can just meander right through everything, and he's fast and quite deadly. Okay. Um, and solo play? Solo play, you can play it solo. It's quite a long solo game. When we played it, just kind of timing ourselves, it's bordering on just over an hour and 20 minutes solo, which is quite a long one. The best we found is two to three players, but it's a strange one because where most games take uh, a longer amount of time, the more players you have, the Awful Orphanage does the exact opposite. So if you have six people, you'll find it's a really fast and furious game. Uh, Two people, you'll find you're being really cat and mouse with each other and quite coy with what you're about to do. Okay. So why does it speed up when you have more people? There's just more turnover of cards, more turnover of tricks. The fact is the orderlies and the Gauntlet Sinister Man have got more targets to go for. So you can kind of move your orphan in nice little neat ways to... um, to make yourself one of the furthest away so they go for somebody else and you, you can sneak past them and do a run. Okay. All right. Um, so who wrote the, who wrote the rules? Did you, is, is it, you've done it yourself or? Yeah. Uh, it, it's Tim and I that have written it over the past two years. Um, and we're at a point now where they're locked down and, and they're, they're done and tested to death. Um, right, so anyone who's been following you on Twitter yeah. um, or Facebook will have seen that it's not counters, that there are some gorgeous miniatures that go with this. Yes. Um, who are the characters that you can play, you know, the orphans that you can play, and are the miniatures for everybody? And There are miniatures for absolutely everybody um, contained within the game. Um, the characters you play, obviously you have Miss Prendergast, who is this overbearing, evil stepmother type of a, a character. The Audleys and the Gaunt and Sinister Man all have miniatures too. But then the, the orphans themselves, I, I can go through them. The, the way the orphans work is each one of them has a unique special ability okay. that, that they can use once in the game unless they find um, a recharge item, such as a glass of lemonade or things like that, that, that recharges their special ability. Okay. So if I do a roll call, <clears throat> we've got, first and foremost, is the first one we first orphan we came up with, was um, Lickety Split, who's an 11-year-old girl, but she is damn fast. And once per game, she can move an extra two spaces, um, which could really make her get out of trouble quick. Um, Then we have Duffer, who is a bit of a fighter. He's not one for words. And he adds um, plus two to his dice when you roll it, once per game, when you're having a fight with an orderly or the gaunt and sinister man. So once per game, he's pretty much guaranteed to kick something in the teeth, which is quite nice. Um... Then you have uh, Pockets, who is an expert thief. And I mentioned earlier, when rooms come onto the board, they come in with loot tokens. Yep. When a room has no loot tokens, you can't search it anymore because it's devoid of stuff for you to find. Yep. But Pockets can. 
So those rooms, usually what happens when you play the game is when the rooms are empty, the orphans move on and, and kind of, you know, try and find the next ones to go and find these items. Pockets can make use of empty rooms, which is quite nice. Okay. You've got Verity, who's a bit of an actress, and she can um, beguile the orderlies or the gaunt and sinister man uh, for a single turn so she can get herself out of trouble. I like her figure, I have to say. She's really cool, really, yeah. really cool. She, she's a proper, you know, vaudeville. Um, yeah, fact, that's it's a, a really nice model, that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, then we have the prof, who has an uncanny ability, apart from wearing a pit helmet, to um, to find a secret door in a room, which means he can cross from or cross via an impassable set of tiles, so he can walk through walls once in the game. Okay. Uh, and finally, we have the twins. And the twins, well, we're not really allowed to talk about the twins because they stare at us and they make us feel very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. And so, the, and there are models for the orderlies and things as well, yeah? Yep, yep. The box comes with 14 miniatures. Um, and then hopefully there are more. We've, we've got a boatload of stretch goals oh, kind of ready to go with expansions and stuff so that hopefully there's more coming as well okay great um so it's a stat you know we're, we're talking we set the scene we're talking a board game here yeah but it's a place the tiles down as you go sort of board game so um the orphanage is different every time you play i guess yes yeah um and the objective is to be the orphan that gets out. Yes. It's the orphan that finds the magic item and gets into Miss Prendergast's room. First one to do it wins the game. Okay. Cool. So so that sort of that's what kind of thing. Um where are you on all of the you know, all of the bits around it. So the artwork, the miniatures, um etc i mean do the miniatures are they all just renders at the moment uh they are we've we do have copies of them um so we've we've tested uh there's a really strange story is uh, i did a brilliant spinal tap with the first ever set of miniatures and uh didn't do it via centimeters i did it in mil okay. uh so the, the the first batch of miniatures i received were these tiny little you know they were two and a half mil tall yeah but I tell, I tell you what, the detail on them was amazing. <laughs> I was I was thoroughly impressed, but utterly, utterly useless. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been a steep learning curve. I'll give you that one on certain things. Um, but, yeah, in terms of where we are, we have um, probably 95% of the artwork done. Um, we have a trailer that has one scene to go, which is being rendered as I speak. Okay. Um, we have a factory in China. Um, ready to go with all the molds all the um everything is, is is there and in place we have logistics companies we're speaking to at the moment for you know when when we're when we're done with the the actual kickstarter we can figure out where we need to get to um so everything is pretty much locked in place so it's so, just the fact so you're basically i mean so the kickstarter is the hit, we need the money to make the, actually turn this into reality. Yes, absolutely. It's not a fly-by-night idea. We have that. Yeah, we've got some random drawings down. 
um it's definitely you know we have a working concept we have a working version of the game um everything is ready to go we've got a factory ready we've got logistics ready what we don't have is the disposable cash to invest 30 grand into making a board game yeah so pvc miniatures yes a la all the current come on games and things like that that's yeah so are we talking that sort of quality we talking that sort of quality yes absolutely in fact the, the factory we do um has done some casting for come on um and has done some for the other side as well for very early days so it's uh yeah it's it's going to be of that quality awesome um who sculpted who sculpted your figures can you say uh uh, I can't, unfortunately, because there's um, well, there's there's good things happening. That's all I can say with regards to the miniature sculpts, oh, okay. as I think you, you might know. Well, yeah, but I wasn't going to say anything. So. No, it's it's fine. I can allude to it, but good <laughs> things are happening. Um, okay, no, they are good. They are they are good things. I'm sure yeah. I'll let you know when the Kickstarter's up. Um, oh, you you would. Um, so artwork, artwork's done, yeah. which brings you into the, you know, you touched on it at the beginning. It's horrendous to bring a board. I mean, it's an absolute fortune to bring a board game into reality. It is. If you would have told me two years ago what I, the, the amount of time and money I have to devote to doing this, I wouldn't have bothered, to be honest. I'm inherently lazy by nature. <laughs> so this is just nuts. Yeah, I mean, it, full, I mean, <sighs> Full color artwork on decent cardstock. Yes, it's, it's it's an expensive item. It really yes. is. So, which brings and it, it weighs a lot as well. It does weigh a lot. So, <laughs> how much? How much are you looking at? How much are you looking at? What's your Kickstarter t- um, target? We are a well. The actual total, do you mean? Yeah, uh, thirty grand. Thirty which grand. Just, it, it seems an inordinate amount of money to ask for. Yeah. And what's your, but, what are your pledge levels? Uh, so the pledge level, the the kind of get the game pledge level is uh, 45 quid. See, um, I think that's re- really reasonable. Yeah, me too. We we tried to make it a sub 50 quid as we could uh, and still, you know, give as much as we could. And I mean, you're talking, the cards are linen finish. Everything's beautifully done. We're, we're cutting it as fine as we can because we just want to make the be- best thing we possibly can. See, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised because I was expecting you to say the seventy pound mark. No, you know, no, no, just, no, no. Just from looking at the prototype and you know the details of of how many cards and things you get in the game. There's two hundred eighty six components yeah. in the game, which is crazy, um, and all of those, every single one of them, is completely unique apart from the orderlies. You get five, you get sorry, six of the same orderly in the box, uh, but every other piece is hand drawn, unique artwork. Yeah, I, I, that is an absolutely stellar. I mean, I, I'm literally almost well, not quite speechless. It never happens, but <laughs> but almost. I mean, forty five quid. Yeah, that is a yeah. really really good price. It's it's one of those games where it it's not um, Dark Souls, 
so we have we're not trying to um you know create a very miniature heavy very you know you've got to be into the hobby to understand what dark souls is we want to create a board game that you could pick up on the shelves and kind of play with your mates also that appeals to people that are into their kind of gothic lovecraftian victoriana as well so you've got to tread that line between really expensive board games like dark souls or you know cool mini or not sort of stuff and then something you'd pick up like ticket to ride for example no i'm 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 very very impressed awesome i mean well i mean you get you it's what it's 14 miniatures in the game yeah i mean so that's my maths is that i mean that's not that much per miniature i mean you know you do a miniature only kickstarter and you're paying sort of that sort of money yes luckily enough it's at a point now with uh, kind of pvc molding and things like that that the pride the costs for them have come right down so shame on everybody that charges loads for miniatures and makes me spend more money but um so you can kind of get more for your money if you know the right people to speak to and we're making a game for ourselves as much as everybody else so we want it to be affordable so, so what? What? It, how much lead? How much lead time is it? So the Kickstarter kicks off on the twenty second of March. It does. I'm assuming it a 30, on, thirty day Kickstarter. Yeah. So it finishes on the twenty first of April. And what's the but delivery by the end of the year? We're hoping delivery by the first quarter of next year, just to bide ourselves time. But we know things like logistics uh, are going to bite us in the backside, and so we're we're building ourselves in a little leeway. Okay, but have everything done before chinese new year next year yes absolutely <laughs> jesus well, christ well, well just knowing that it's a good thing we, we the factory we're dealing with obviously they, they just completely shut down there yeah. was nothing for for two weeks yeah. and you think that's a hell of a holiday <laughs> so so 45 quid and then i yeah. assume po- and then postage on top of that when Yes, you do it, which is yep. you know pretty much at cost, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make nothing on on top of that at all. I'm very, very impressed. So, um, if you want to, sorry, if you want to go um, a little more, I can kind of run you through all the other bits and bobs we've got because oh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's yeah, some awesome, awesome pledges. Uh, so, for sixty quid, you get the game, you get um, all the free stretch goals. Because um, we've got two variations of stretch goals, we've got free and we've got premium. Yeah. Some of them are bloody expensive, so we're not we can't include them for free because otherwise we'll be skinned. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you also get the awful orphanage art book as well, um, with full color spreads of all the concept art, all the different character, you know, backgrounds and everything that our artist done. And you're talking there's a few hundred bits of artwork that's been done for this. Uh, a nice, you know, um, what's the word? Paperback kind of you know soft bound book yeah um whack it on the coffee table leave it in the bog jobs good um then we jump up to 500 quid which is bonkers but for that you'll get the game you'll get the book you'll get all the stretch goals and you'll get a hand-painted oil-painted portrait of yourself as a victorian orphan (laughs) oh that's classy yeah check that out (laughs) so but the only caveat is we get to we get to put what we want in the picture so we're going to punish you in the picture (laughs) and uh yeah be afraid it won't be too horrible you can show it to your (laughs) mum how many how many of those have you got we can only do five Five. of those 
because man alive, they're going to take some time to do. Yeah. And then we jump even more um, for for the measly price of fifteen hundred quid, which seems ridiculous. Um, you get all of that. You get all the free stretch goals, all the premium stretch goals, and the whole lot is going to be painted by Angel Heraldus. Oh. Um, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That boy. That boy can use an airbrush. He uh, he is phenomenally talented. Yeah. So and it's not just by his team. It's it's by him that that you're going to get it done. We can only do three just to slot into his calendar. So there's only ever going to be three. Even we're not getting one um, versions of that available anywhere. So you'll you'll be one of the very lucky few. But it's expensive. Yeah, but but when you think that a lot of the a lot of board games and things, you know, it's a grand to design a character. Yes, which we all know, or a, anyone who's ever looked at um, designing stuff knows that that's just a complete money making exercise. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, at no. least at least with paint jobs by Angel, the, you know, you're getting there's something there. That's yeah, it's one of those where you, you'll you'll stick it out and you'll have it out on display because the miniatures are beautiful, his skills are beautiful, yeah. Uh, and there's not many kind of Victoriana but proper Victoriana games out there, so he's going to do an amazing job. So you t- you touched on free and premium stretches, yes. So what 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 sort of things are we looking at for those? So we have. Let me just open it up. Give me a second. I did a quick count-up of how much artwork and how much stuff we've got, and I'm at 158 gigabytes of data about the orphan. Isn't that nuts? (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, Right, there we go. Stretch goals. Bear with me a second as my computer words to life. Um, So, yeah, we obviously 30 grand is is our we get funded total. And if, if we get funded within 24 hours, we're going to give Alice to everybody. Right. Um, so it's not a stretch goal where we're asking for more. It's just if we get funded in 24 hours, you can get this free miniature. And she is an alternate sculpt of the prof. Right. Um, then we jump up. You can get uh, 50 grand gives you an hour and a half soundtrack um, of really horrendous, creepy noises that you can turn the lights off, light some candles, get this going on. And uh, at some point, the soundtrack will scare the out of you you can't swear on the show <laughs> well you can say beep no, when i'm I say gonna sh- have to now when, when I, I say i'm making, I'm making say a beep. note <laughs> 30 35 there we go sorry i've let the whole side down yeah that's it we're done now <laughs> <laughs> you can scare the slippers out of you how about flipping that egg, one? flipping out neil you 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 brought these people on and I, I do try and control him, but he's just he's just potty mouthed. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear! I'm gonna have to edit, and I hate editing. <laughs> right, okay. Carry Shall on. I carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, no more swearing. Okay. Um, then sixty grand, you get. Um, there's a card in the game that you can uncover called the Creepy Clown Kid. And he scares you and sends you careening backwards. If we get to 60 grand, he's actually going to be a miniature. 
and he will patrol around the orphanage kind of blocking paths um, and things like that but he's quite an expensive one to do so we have to bump our our, um, our goal up to get to that yeah. one and then there's a boatload of alternate sculpts um, after that so we've got Oliver who um, always wants a bit more I'll leave it at that uh, we've got Flo who her and her lamp will help you around the orphanage we've got Locke who's good at solving detective mysteries i suppose um we've got lance who's obsessed with uh, king arthur uh, as such he's got a bucket on his head and he rides a hobby horse around with a mop as a lance which is awesome and then we've got brunel who uh has built a train for himself out of cardboard boxes and cans and uh he fred flintstones his way around the orphanage um making toot toot noises um then we kind of get into the higher tier stuff um yeah. if we get to 150 grand every every orderly that we have in the board is going to uh, in the game is going to be unique right uh so there'll be an additional five sculpts added to the game for everybody um and all all six orderlies in total will be completely unique characters all with their own artwork which we've already got and, and you'll see it when it goes live um 180 grand is we do an expansion uh, which is the sewer escape so once you've killed Miss Prendergast you head down into the sewers and you've got to do dodging rats and dodging uh, Burke and Hare who uh, are the guys that come and take the bodies away yeah. and their pet crocodile and then we kind of a couple more orphans and then finally we have the nightmare edition at £300,000 which is ridiculous um, which is we'll turn absolutely every one of the figures into horrendously gruesome teddy bears. <laughs> and man alive, they're good. The, the artwork for those is beautiful. I oh, see. I want. I want Brunel. That's who I want. Oh, he's brilliant. The 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 early kind of renders we've got of him are just out of this world. Good. He's so this, really, is, this is my. This yeah. is my. This is my thing. Is that. I don't actually care whether the the game is good or not. And I mean, it sounds like it is, but I don't actually care. I just want the figures. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of the deal, you know. Cause, Hopefully, because the figures 40, are amazing. For forty five quid, you know, yeah. you're getting you're getting some decent stuff. We've also took the liberty of mounting them all on thirty two mil round lipped, um, so you can kind of just push it into another game quite easy and Thanks. use it elsewhere, which is a uh, cunning. I believe they the are, phrases. They are, they are, they are love. They are lovely. If you go, if you go to um, the guys' websites, which is workhousegames.com, um, and click on the the awful orphanage link, then you can see a game played out, and you can see like the scary twins looking at you. Yeah. And um, I'm assuming that the tall sculpt with the head cut off is Miss Pendergrass. She's at the top right of the yeah. board on that one. So who's the one in the middle then? One in the middle is the orderly. Oh, that's an orderly, is it? Yeah, we. Who is that specific one? Is modelled on uh, Tom Hardy from Bronson. Right. So, are you in the game? We are. Very briefly, uh, and you won't be able to spot us. Um, we're in the gallery. In the um, we're one of the paintings. Right. And we're probably if you're talking in in height you know proper measurement height a couple of mil tall you can't you won't find us but you're there that's well, we we have to 
That's the thing you need to be. Isn't it? You, need to, <laughs> yeah. you need to be there. Exactly. Oh, right. See, I'm I'm really quite excited about this. Awesome. Um, so, something that Neil said to me yesterday is that your plans for this are after the chaos. It's not a one and done type thing. It's a let's go to retail with this. Yes. Which I found very inter- a very interesting decision. Um, mm-hmm. given the current monolith um, Kickstarter that's running yep. um, for, their bat- for their Batman game, where yes. they're not going to retail because of the way it affects the margins um, yeah. of the game. So without going into numbers, because they're your numbers, uh, why, did, why, that de- why that decision? Because it, it obviously affects what you can put on KS versus um, what your expected retail price is going to be. Yeah, ab- absolutely. The retail price is going to be higher than, than what we offer on Kickstarter, uh, purely because of things like distributor margins yeah. um, and the like. The, reason, the main reason for it, and I think Neil will probably agree, is that it sets us as not a one-and-done company. Um, we want this to be something that's long-lasting. We've got a really good set of stories to tell um, that we want to... And they, they're all joined together really nicely. Um, so having doing the one-and-done attitude, I think, um, wouldn't be conducive to creating this long narrative that we're trying to do. And having them available to anybody that wants them in the in their you know flgs then um it's just got to be the way forward okay. no i mean it makes it makes perfect sense mm. um given that you've i mean i talk to a lot of people who are coming on to kickstarter and one of the things that i'm picking up from talking to you versus talking to a lot of people is that you've done all your homework You've done yeah. some. So the things, <laughs> yes. so the thing, so the things that have caught out previous people. I mean, you know, three years ago, I was sitting here talking to the Guild Ball guys. And right. Okay. Everything, everything was all, everything was wonderful, and they, you know, their Kickstarter was incredibly successful, and then mm. they came to post it all out, and they had no money left. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you 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 seem to you're certainly from what you're saying, you're avoiding all of the pitfalls that people have run into in the past. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it just yet because I guarantee you, there's going to be something oh, that, to, oh, that, to be something, that bites us in the backside. But it, I think it is purely because we're we're doing it at this point in time, and there has been a lot of um, a lot of publicity about Kickstarter. A lot of people have done it, and a lot of people have also publicised their their experiences with it on the you know on the reverse side of it, the company side of it. But Sto- um, Stonemire Games that guy's blog about his Kickstarter experiences is just nuts. The amount of, the amount of information that guy's willing to give away. Yeah. Um, just because that worked for him and you know, he literally goes through and lists out all his logistics companies, what you need to ask them for, what you need to talk about. And he's offering it out there. And it's only because of that and following those kind of things that we've made. Okay. Decisions at the minute, but you know, touch wood. Will uh, will be all right. Great. So, what's beyond the chaos? So, <laughs> um, the next we have two games um, lined up after this one, um, and the the fluff is kind of the most important thing, really. And 
obviously Victorian London was quite an interesting time anyway. Yeah. Um, we're talking the year of kind of inception for the whole thing is 1869. Um, the reason being is they were digging out the main, one of the main deep level underground routes under the Thames. Right. That, that went from Great Tower Hill to Pickle Herring Stairs, which is just this genius name of a station, um, now closed down. But their first kind of true deep level underground tube. And as they're digging through, or as, as they're digging it out, the excavators, they break through into the hollow earth. Right. And it's true, it's real, it exists, and there's an entire civilization of people living underneath our footsteps. And as they break through it kind of releases them and they're now aware of our presence as much as we're aware of theirs. So the next game is very much going to be the first moments of the breach, um, where you are a bunch of miners and you are fighting aliens sort of style, uh, in a very, um, confined space to try and get yourself out and defeat these horrendous creatures that are pouring through from this hole. And then the third game is um, a full-on skirmish game um, with multiple factions, multiple miniatures, multiple sets of rules, all sorts, uh, and a really cool mechanic that I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> cool. And are they depend? You know, let's, let's be pessimistic. Kick- yeah. The Kickstarter doesn't make it. Yeah. Would you still, you know, are those still going to be on your horizons? They're they're those kind of ideas that have been with us for a good while now, that they're too good to ignore. Um, And they they just create this brilliant landscape for these kind of games. So, yeah, it's still something we're going to push and do. I mean, it's one of those things, it will slow us down. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we're, we're hoping is, as Paul said earlier, this sets us up as a proper company. And as a proper company, we then have the money available to, whereas at the moment, the way this has been done has been very much hook and by crook, right? We, we need to get that, that bit of artwork, right? Scrabble together some money. We need to get that sculpt, right? Let's get some, let's get some cash to, to be able to do that. Yeah. To actually be in the position to be able to go, we, we have the money budgeted and set out so we can look and go, right? Okay. This Kickstarter's done sent it to print. Not all else we can do with that until um, the factory comes back to us and say, yeah, we're ready to ship. We've got the, the time, the money and the resources, and also now the experience to sit down and go, right, let's design game two and yeah. let's do it at a much faster, much more professional level. He's nailed it. Cool. That sounds good. You just need to find a millionaire investor. Or that. Yeah, that would also be good. <laughs> They're just, they are just few and far between, though. That's the problem with them. Yeah, if you can put an advert out or something, that'd be really good. Yeah, yeah. If there is one listening to the show, then <laughs> and you want, to get, you want to get in touch with the guys, um, then I'm sure they would love to speak to you. Depends which millionaire. Really? Yeah. You'd be fussy? It depends. <laughs> Theresa May's husband? Nah, you can jog on. <laughs> Elon Musk? Yeah, come our way. 
not sure you're, I'm not sure where the whole industry is big enough for Elon Musk. <laughs> true, <laughs> true, true, true. He says, as I'm wearing a SpaceX t-shirt as I talk to you. Awesome. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I, at um, BonesCon this year, it was it was hilarious. I was wearing it in the bar, and some guy came up to me and said, "Do I work for Do I work for SpaceX?" And I go, "No, uh, really? it's just a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just picked it up when I was in Florida. That's all. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Um, well, I've got to the I've got to the bottom of my list of questions. Impressive. I know. I almost stuck to them and everything. <laughs> Which for me is quite good. Um, anything else that you wanted to talk about, touch on? No, I think that, that all my life has been for the past eighteen months so far has been this game. I've got nothing to talk about that's not this game. Neil, you got anything to talk about? Well, we. I was just going to say, Paul. I don't think we've mentioned yet um, the fact that we've got Gath Thought working for us or with us. Oh yeah. Hi, Gav. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, so Gav is, um, is well, he's just one of those luminary figures, you know, 40k second edition. That man was up there. So uh, when we were coming up with the fluff for this and, you know, in our rudimentary efforts at writing fluff, we thought, no, we're not very good at this part. We need to find someone that's far better than us. <laughs> and so um, we just messaged Gav and, and told him the synopsis. Um, was somewhat amazed when he went, yeah, I'm in. That's it. And uh, the, he knows the, the, the full kind of the world that we're trying to build. Um, and after speaking with him today, he's going to be writing um, a novel based on uh, the early life of Miss Prendergast and the reason it all happens, um, which is going to be really exciting. Excellent. He is a very mm. nice. He is a very nice man. He is very nice. Very, very funny man. Um. He's quite good at designing games and stuff as well. He is, yeah. He actually, he bless him, he put us also in touch with uh, Mark Latham. He's also uh, a very nice man. He is indeed. And that <laughs> man knows a lot about Victoriana. So yes. he is our now our Victorian Google. And um, if we have questions, if we have stuff, that man knows the answers or knows which book to find them in. Yeah, I, I love I love his novels. Yeah, they're really good. Really, really good. So, yeah, when we're kind of speaking to him, we're proper nerdy little fanboys. But it's uh, it's very surreal that we're speaking with these people whose games we've played for quite a long time. Yeah, it's very, it's very cool. No, Gav is top people. Mark is top people. So, yeah, yeah. You've, and then you've, you've got good. You've got people who know what they're doing around you. Exactly, and I think I think that's why we're we're hopefully doing it right. Is the these people are guiding us along the way at the same time. That's very so March twenty second is that next week? Uh, Jesus Christ! Yes, it is, isn't it? It's ten days. It's ten days. No, I, I can tell you, it is exactly. If you have a drum roll, please. It is currently nine hours, nine days, fifteen hours, six minutes, and two seconds. All right. There's a countdown timer on my desktop. Um, and it was on your Twitter feed a little while back. Is it still true? Backers in the first 24 hours get Alice any, anyway? Is that um, still true? 
it's not true unfortunately no what we're what we're now doing is if we get funded in 24 hours we everybody to... gets alice right so we need to so we need to get 30 grand in the 24 hours we should be a doddle right how many how many backers is that ah this is the funny thing so 45 quid we need 30 grand so that comes out to 666 backers how many strategy meetings did you have for that one zero we figured it out (laughs) oh my lord (laughs) (laughs) isn't that great so yeah we we tried to keep our kind of our top end down as much as we could and still make the game and and then we did our sums and went oh lord that's only six that's 666 brilliant right job done that is excellent. <laughs> That's that very good. Well, it's meant to be. Well, you've sold me on it. Awesome. Good. Fantastic. So, um, hopefully, we'll sell. A f- hopefully, we'll sell a few more people on it as well. That'd be great because um, it does. It, it it sounds fun and it sounds different from so many other things that are out there. Yeah, I'd like to think we've we've made something that uh, gives you a different board game experience. Yeah. One that's not. One that's not, hey, everyone's in it to win it. Fantastic. Um, well, I think with that then, um, I think we'll call it a day. Then I can edit out the swearing at 30 minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, and and um, push this out tonight for you. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. Well, Matt's missed out. <laughs> Shame on you, Matt. Yeah, and I shall chastise him if he ever... It, maybe he's not alive anymore. <laughs> you know, Rest in peace, Matt. Yeah, unfortunate, but there you go. Um, <laughs> but if, it, if, it, if that is the unfortunate thing, I do have some cricket tickets that I'll be giving away. <laughs> <laughs> Trent Bridge, One Day Internationals, India and Australia. Wow, nice. Yeah, I became a member of Notts County Count of Notts Cricket Club just so that I could get them. <laughs> Good on you. Foolish. All right. Um, well, until next time, I've been Mike, and you have been. I've been Neil, and I've been Paul. Thank you so much, chaps. No, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.